All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Good afternoon. Another real life podcast coming to you live from Little Brick, which is under construction due to the great flood of 2018. If you hear noise in the background today, it's not that we're actually doing any work. It's that other people we've hired are doing work and they're in here working very hard. However, we do have a very special guest on the show this week. We have Ufe Bodin. Did I say that correctly? Yeah, sounds great. Awesome. <laughs> on point. Who is? Maybe tell everybody who you are and what so you're doing in our fine city. Yeah, I'm trying to figure it out on myself. Ah, yes, existential <laughs> no, crisis. Kidding. That's common here. Yeah. <laughs> no, so I'm an editor-in-chief of uh, a Swedish website called Hokisparia.se, which is basically means uh, Hockey Sweden, if you translate it to English. Uh, and uh, I also work with EliteProspects.com, which is a stat stats database uh, that uh, I think most uh, hockey fans, hardcore hockey fans at least, are pretty um, uh, used to by now. And as per the terms of our partnership, I can assure you, everybody reading the nation knows about uh, elite prospects, even if we haven't necessarily uh, got the word out yet. It's music like, to my ears. It's like hockey DB, yeah. but of European players. Yeah, and, and better, better, yeah, and better. They're every lucky. league, like every league, I think going. If you make a dollar playing professional hockey, your league shows up there. If it's college or major junior or anything like that, like it's a foxhole of information that uh, mm-hmm. I go to and end up just falling down the rabbit hole of. 
hilarious old Oilers and where they are now and kind of like things like finding out that uh, Nigel Dawes is now an honorary Kazakhstanian and plays for the national team. These are all things I found because of elite prospects. They'll just let anybody into there. Right? <laughs> Nigel does. Outstanding. You'll play for us. Here you go. Passport and yeah. play. That's the squire. He's coming in live. He knows about everything to do with the Elite Prospects because he negotiated the partnership between the Nation Network and Elite Prospects. We've also got Bag Milk in the house today who's been shortchanged one mic because we have three mics, four guys. It's like two girls, one cup, but way less disgusting. So he's in the mix too. Now, the squire, tell, maybe tell a story about how we ended up working with Uthi and why he's here and, and all the good work that you guys have done so far. Well, as uh, the passionate Edmontonians that we are, we always try to reach out to people of influence in hockey abroad to come to Edmonton and watch games. So we, we just love trying to show off Edmonton. We got this new arena. We got the Connor McDavid now. We want to bring people here to see how cool it is, how cool Edmonton is, and kind of what Edmonton looks like through the eyes of a local fan. So Ufe, we wanted to talk, we wanted to, talk to people in Scandinavia, so... Ufe's name came up. We reached out to a bunch of people, and kind of everyone pointed to to Ufe as someone to to bring to Edmonton, given the position he has there, the reach he has. He's a you know check his Twitter. He's got thirty plus thousand followers, so he's a you're the Nigel s- Dawes of Swedish we've, reporting. We've got Borat. <laughs> <laughs> so we've got Swedish celebrity here. So we brought we brought him over in partnership with Edmonton Tourism, and you know had a good time. We also brought Larvin in over as well, the big Finnish fellow yeah, that. Yeah. Uh, Dressed up with a wig and the big sunglasses, and we went around town and showed them the all the mainstays of Edmund, Edmonton life, like yeah. the pint, yeah, the pint, right? Oodle noodle, uh, did you bring that? We mixed in some oodle <laughs> good, noodle, good, went good. back to the pint, sure, try obviously it. went to an Oilers game, and yeah. obviously checked out cool places like did you go to the pint after the game, oh, before and after, right? Okay, and yeah. during actually, good. yeah, no, that's good. <laughs> Uh, so, yeah, so, you know, kind of a bromance evolved where, you know, Ufe and I got to talking about what each other do. We found out more about what, uh, you know, the company he's involved with, uh, which led into Elite Prospects and, you know, kind of some some help that they're looking for. And Ufe went back home and talked to, to his partners there. And next thing you know, I got an email saying maybe we should talk more about this. Uh, we opened up and had a conversation talked for about two months about trying to figure out like how can we work together and help uh each other out and elite prospects mission is like uh to get a b- bigger traction in north america it's already a ginormous it's huge, it's huge. ginormous site it's mind-boggling it is ginormous and it's amazing um that h- how much traffic it derives or how little traffic it derives from north america versus europe like mm-hmm. they've done such a good job over there even though mm-hmm. they do equally a good a job in north america so we're here to help raise that awareness uh, in North America. We're repping some ad inventory too. Repping some ad inventory, helping them, them monetize with our, our current relationships we have here. So it's kind of the partnership. And then also like we're going to be doing more things like partnerships with like NHL numbers and elite prospects, helping them provide them their salary cap information and all that. So we're, you know, continuing finding ways to, you know, make the partnership stronger. I went to go visit them in um, November. In November, yeah, yeah, beginning of November. Well, that seems strange. You would think that I would have gone along for that trip. Yeah, yeah, well, you were too busy going to a music festival in Iceland, you oh, son of a bitch. Oh, that's right. One of us has to do the work. So someone was, was partying, and I, I got to go. I was in Europe. That's globally nearby. So I did the solo flight to Sweden, and uh, but Ufe and, and, and his partner Peter took great care of me. We spent two days locked up in a – in a boardroom and just, just talking about opportunities between our two networks because they're more than just elite prospects. They got Hockey Sferia, but also, you know, a lot of other things like they're big in the gambling, sports gambling space, which is a huge cultural thing there, which leads into a whole nother conversation about Ufe 
taking uh, taking me out to uh, an SHL game where I got to see my new favorite team, Your Garden, play, which is the home now of Renee Bork. Shout out Lac Labiche. Yeah. Good, uh, good, and good Team job. Canada. Yeah. Uh, William Legison, who is an Oilers prospect. Yes, sir. Anyone else of note? I think that's about it. About that one? Yeah. So that's really interesting, right? I mean, so maybe we can talk a little bit more about that, Ufe. Like, when I heard that you guys were publicly traded, when I heard that we had a cousin in Sweden that was publicly traded, I immediately went to the bank and applied for a loan, thinking that that would show me as being, like, a responsible, you know, corporate citizen. It didn't work. They denied me. But tell me a little bit about the company, and, and, and maybe tell us a little bit about, like, being publicly traded in Sweden and how crazy that is. Yeah, so um, I started in a fairly small company a few years ago uh, with Hockey Sverige, and, uh, but... I think it was in maybe 2016. We uh, we had a partnership with with another company and decided to uh, to go get things together. And uh, so suddenly there's actually a stock with our name on it, which feels still to this day really strange. But yeah, so um, the company I work for is called Every Sport Media Group, which is, consists of you know several, uh, as Jay mentioned, several different uh, things, but. Um, the media part is one of the things. We also have a sales team. We have uh, gaming uh, sites and, and stuff like that. Uh, so uh, since gambling is, is fairly big in Sweden and uh, there's not much of a monopoly anymore as it used to be. So there was a gambling online gambling monopoly that was broken up? Or well, yeah. Well, run? so uh, I think the like uh, the the w- we have one big one in, in Sweden that uh, like the state is in charge of. Uh, but we also have several others that are not based in Sweden, but can, with you know, to online gambling, they can reach the Swedes, so they kind of fly underneath the radar a bit. Okay, that's but interesting. Yeah, so gav- gambling pays for everything over there, right? Like every ad on every site, on every app, everything's gambling. Pretty much, yeah. Unbelievable. And we're out there scrapping in the dirt trying to find people who are selling rakes and other yeah, Terry's taxidermy. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Phil's uh, spindle factory down on 142nd street. Shout out to Phil. And you guys are largely the blogosphere, if we will, of European hockey and the, the stats resource sites are all exclusively uh, gaming supported. Correct. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, and sometimes we have other uh, advertisers as well, but I think I'd say like the gambling companies probably make up 80% of what we get. Imagine we got gambling money, Squire. We were rolling around in a hot air balloon made of platinum. It'd be amazing. Mm, good life. Uh, well, maybe. I mean, and so one of the things that our partnership is, is, is sort of sizing, moving towards slowly is that eventually we think that gaming is going to tip in North America. I mean, it is legal to bet online in Canada right now. And there mm-hmm. are companies like Bodog. Uh, who else is in the market? My Bookie. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's a bunch of fringe ones. Um, like the exception I shouldn't say French. Like, yeah. yeah, Bodog's <laughs> actually started by a guy from Lloyd Minster, so yeah. you can say it's quasi-Canadian. Shut up, Lloyd Minster. Now, does he, like, live in a weird Aruban yeah, country? Yeah, he owns, like, an island that's yeah. fortified. And, and they, like, so made a move on him one time, found all these armored Hummers and stuff. Yeah. That's what you can do when you invent online gambling. Yeah, that <laughs> Online <laughs> Hummer money. Yeah. Well, there, yeah, we're not looking for the online casino world, but we're just looking to support the community that likes uh, betting on sports. It was amazing when we went to the SHL game. First of all, the the atmosphere at the SHL game was amazing. Everyone standing and not sitting, chanting and ranting, and the neighbor, you know, the it's almost like uh, it's well, it's almost like a soccer match or football for UFA, uh, or like you know, a West Side Story where you got like the rival team there in their corner yelling and singing, and then the team that's winning yelling and singing, and then the Fairweather fans that sit kind of near them that when something good happened, they all stand up and start singing. Like the energy in the place was amazing, but what was so neat was when you're watching the game um, that uh, 
anytime the score changes, you look at the, the Jumbotron and all of a sudden, like, you see these odds, new odds come up because they, they adjust the game, like, in real time as, as events happen to, like, change the, you know, to, 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 to promote more betting, which is just kind of interesting because it's just part of the culture. Am I right for, yeah. for, for, for Swedes to bet on sports? Absolutely. Yeah. It's like it goes back centuries. We, like, we had something in Sweden called Tipslardag, which means, uh, like, um, Saturdays. Uh, gambling sort of so uh, since like the 50s or something we've had the english uh, soccer uh from the premier league uh, showing game one game every saturday and and we have like this coupon with all the the british games uh like 13 of them and you could do like make your bet on each of the games and and that's become like a, a tradition in sweden and, and so gambling has been a big part of like our dna almost that's really interesting like Obviously, it's different here. It isn't really in our DNA. But what is in our gambling DNA is the 50-50. Did you see that? Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it blows my mind so every time other, how much money it is. It's insane. Like yeah. Other sports will send delegates, other teams, to Edmonton to sit there and be like, why the hell do these people buy 50-50 tickets so much? Like, we went to a Cubs game, mm-hmm. and there was a little kiosk in the lobby, and like one lonely little person, like, 50-50, and the prize was literally 50 cents. Like, yeah. It was, even though it was the Cubs, even though there was probably 40,000 people there that day, I think the prize was like eight grand. Yeah, in the cup, like when when we were going on the cup run in '06, it was like mayhem. This last playoff run, they had to cap it at what was it, like 250 grand? Oh, I don't, yeah, some ungodly song. Like this is life changing sums of money now that you can win. Yeah, tax free in Canada, right? A lot of big gambling has no taxes. Wow, like it's it's. It's a, I don't know, like, is it all across Canada where this crazy, or no, is no, it just, more? It's just Edmonton. Yeah, like, it's, like, when we went uh, to Anaheim yeah. um, to go watch a game last year, this was a regular season game in Anaheim, and there's tons, because it's Anaheim, lots of Oilers fans will travel there, because Disneyland's there, so it's a get-out-of-jail-free get out uh, card for, for Dad to bring the kids down to go to Disneyland, then an Oilers game at night, it's the, the perfect crime. So, yeah, all these orange jerseys flock to the... Uh, Honda Center and all of a sudden like the 50-50 is just like melting and they have to make like announcements throughout the game like sorry like we're just having an issue with the 50-50 like super high demand today and it's just because like we'll say like 2,000 Edmonton Oilers fans are in the building and the the grand total for the 50-50 was um, they never they only they always announce the big number they never say the half number like right, we do right, but the full number was like 31 grand which means you would have won 15 and a yeah. half and we broke the machine like their their system like multiple times and they couldn't even announce the winner you had to call back the next day like it was just hilarious how we just came down and just owned the 50 50 there and just blew their minds and jay's been with two people who have won 50 50s riders games have strong 50 50s i shouldn't say just edmonton riders games have good 50 yeah yeah for sure yeah yeah, yeah. ncfl yeah, yeah. S, s games do but that's an edmonton so thing. he's been in a cfl Canadian football league game with a guy who won he won 14 grand. It was a, it was a Rough Riders preseason game. Pre-season. Rough Riders is Saskatchewan. Yeah. <laughs> 14 grand, no yeah. joke. And then in an Oilers game. Yeah, buddy won 27 grand. 27 grand. We had to beg him to buy drinks later at the bar. That's not the point of the discussion right now. Yeah. But if you win 27 grand at a 50-50, technically you should be spending 85 grand on drinks to sell exactly. yeah. one. Yeah. Right? But that's neither here nor there. You come out of winning a 50-50 bankrupt every time. Every time. 100 times out of 100. So that's really interesting because I think that the, the online gambling culture of Europe is setting a precedent, I think, sport where it's going to get into North America eventually, right? And especially with one of the reasons why online gambling is illegal in the United States is that Las Vegas and Nevada has such a strong lobbying community. Right? Mm-hmm. So they want you to have to go to Las Vegas to gamble. They don't exactly. want you to be able to gamble at home, right? No. And uh, recently with fantasy sports, DraftKings and FanDuel, 
they are fighting about the legality of fantasy sports and online, and one of the largest people funding the anti-online gambling is Sheldon Adelson, the guy who owns, was he on the Sands? No. He's one of the biggest mm -hmm. gambling guys in Vegas, <laughs> and he's like a billionaire, and he has a huge casino in Macau and stuff like that, and they're not fighting it on the basis that like gambling online is wrong. They're fighting it on the basis that you should be in person at a wicket gambling, but I think it's going to switch. Yeah, sooner or later, I over. think it's going to be hard to, to keep it away, for yeah. sure. So you might, you might be in for a wild ride here, guys. Well, it'd be interesting, right? It would be certainly interesting for a company like ours, because I think that, you know, and this is what our, largely our partnership's built on, things like NHL numbers, things like daily face-off. A lot of people are using it just for, like, interest's sake. Yeah, or fantasy sports, I guess. And yeah. fantasy sports and drafts and stuff like that. But I think as gambling on hockey and gambling online just becomes more and more pervasive, all of a sudden it's going to be, people are going to be using these sites for a different uh, reason. It's going to be a lot more aligned with what you guys are doing over there. Yeah, absolutely. So in Sweden, we're finally starting to realize uh, how fun it is to do fantasy sports. So we're kind of taking that part from you guys now, you know, trying to implement it into our culture. So It's actually not fun, Ufe. I bet on the Oilers every year to make the Stanley Cup. I pick all Oilers in my hockey draft every year. My last oh two good years was 16 and 06. And other than that, I just give them my money every <laughs> year, you see. I just hand it over. So you're staying at the Venerable Wanya Manor. You've seen it in person. We talk about it in reference. Can you affirm the fact that there's a working dishwasher in Wanya Manor? Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I'd say so, yeah. yeah and it's nothing bad happened to you? A crocodile didn't attack you while you were sleeping? Or no, like no snakes, no spiders. No uh, garbage piles on fire in the living room anymore? No, no yeah. hobos. Yeah. And <laughs> just us. Just no. wandering around. everywhere. Yeah, wandering on day and night, yeah. What are your thoughts on Edmonton? This is your second trip to the, to the City of Champions. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I love it. Uh, obviously, I'm back, so it had, had some appeal to me, I guess. <laughs> but no, uh, um, I... Most of all, I'm really impressed by how um, well how nice everyone is. Basically, like the people of Edmonton are, you know, gentlemen and gentlewomen, like all over the place. And like I've been met with such kindness that I'm I feel like I want to come back soon again. That's cool. That's yeah. nice to hear. It's good to hear. Good old Edmonton hospitality. You know where the real jerks are down down in Calgary. If you go down there, I couldn't. I don't even think anyone <laughs> would talk to you. They probably. Uh, I can them. imagine. Yeah, they're they're very inbred down there. It's very sad actually. There's geneticists that come from all around Canada to study how inbred everybody in Calgary is, and they <laughs> basically agreed they should just fold up as a city and close it up. So so obviously you know Edmonton Calgary huge rivalry now in Sweden. Um, there must be a rivalry like with Stockholm because you live in Stockholm. Mm -hmm. you're, you're from the, the uh, north, are you not? Uh, not the north, but nope. uh, just maybe three hours north of, of Stockholm, which is not very north in Sweden. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, so what's the who, what's what's Stockholm's Calgary? Um, Those yeah, who are we people <laughs> with? Because well, I'm on Ufe's side. Well, I mean, me too, me too. There's always like uh, a rivalry with Gothenburg, which is the second biggest city, but like in within uh, Stockholm, so you have uh, about three different teams. Uh, this mostly applies to soccer because uh, in hockey, Jurgarden is the only uh, team from Stockholm that is uh, now playing in the SHL. IAK, which is their like normal rival, it's playing one league below. So you know because. Um, you know, we can go up and down between our leagues, uh, unlike what you have here. But um, so within Stockholm, there are great rivalries between three teams, IAK, Eurogarden, and Hammarby. Uh, and those three kind of their fans, especially when, when it comes to soccer games, they are really, they're really turning it up a notch when, when they play each other. It's like, uh, ca can be like a war zone outside the arena, basically. <laughs> Well, in, in town, I'd be like uh, north side rivaling with south side and west end. But it's like when you're in high school, like 
You always heard about other high schools, and you're like, oh, no, like, O'Leary, they're tough and crazy guys. <laughs> they're coming like, for us. Oh, you went to JP, you must be nuts. And Damn, have you must have a motorcycle. At all times, yeah. Um, so it's kind of funny how that is. It's um, it's funny that it's, it's a city can uh, the, uh, the, they can just be divided like that, and you can just go to war when it comes to sport. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, but uh, when it comes to hockey – um, I'd say like you went with us to see a game between Eurogarden and Ferriestad, which is uh, they have like a long history of playing a lot of finals against one another. So I guess that would be a, a pretty heated rivalry as well. Uh, but um, when it comes to hockey, not as much of a rivalry sport as, as soccer at the moment, mostly because uh, there's only one team from Stockholm playing in the SHL. That makes sense. Well, as an Oilers fan. Uh, we're lucky that relegation doesn't apply to the NHL mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because we would probably be in the East Coast by now, I think. <laughs> mm-hmm. We'd be playing local midget teams and getting our asses handed to us. Yeah, so like, thankfully that rule does not exist for us. Um, so we're, good. We're, we're thankful there. <laughs> so we'll take a break. We'll come back with non-gambling ads, of course. We'll have uh, our good friends at Sumo Jerky probably or perhaps Jappa, but we'll have to see. It'll be a surprise for everyone involved. And when we come back, I want to talk about random ex-oilers that you still get to watch over there because there were some good ones we were laughing about back in a moment have you got holes to dig earth to pack and roads to build then you need to call Jabba machinery group does your equipment need a service you can't fix stupid but here at Jabba machinery group we can fix everything else with a full range of parts to keep your equipment running smoothly Jabba machinery group is a family operated and alberta grown business here to help build a bigger and better western canada Give us a call or visit us at jappamachinery.com. Jappa Machinery Group. Join the family. Back from the break, we're debating who gets to talk. Poor Bag Milk didn't get a mic, so we asked him to come to the podcast, and he's sitting there dutifully taking notes. Bless your heart. You'll get to say something soon, I swear. Ufe, we were talking the other day, and we were laughing about people who you know came to North America, came to the NHL, you know, returned, went home, and then had a perfectly good career back in Europe. But ignorant North Americans are like, if you're not playing for the Atlanta Thrashers, you're not a real hockey player. <laughs> See you later. But there's been some guys who've gone gone back home and had some really good careers. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think every Edmonton Oilers fan probably remembers uh, Linus Omark. He was a good friend. A good. He was friend. the O in hope. Yeah, we we made an acronym of hope, and it was uh, <laughs> Hall. And PRV and Everly, and we needed an O so bad. And then when Omar showed up, it was just the best thing that ever happened to us. Yeah, so he has had a great career in Russia. Uh, obviously, didn't make a, a dent in the NHL, but uh, he had a great uh, career in Russia. And uh, he was part of the Swedish Olympic team that uh, got uh, their asses kicked by Germany in the quarterfinals. Mm-hmm. Thank you, sir. <laughs> uh, but still, he was probably the best Swedish player at that tournament. So, I mean, uh, when it comes to international level, he's still, like, highly regarded. And uh, also in the KHL, I think he's, like, a top five, top ten points maker. So Interesting. Yeah. Well, so. I wonder what it was, why he couldn't make it in the NHL, because the guy's got so much skill. Is it his speed, or what's the what's – the t- I know he's got a bit of an attitude – in terms of like maybe arrogance or whatnot, but I, that's what I always drawn me like drew me to to, to Omar. Yeah, so um, if you ask him, he'll probably like cite politics as a part of it because like when he came up, it was you know the same uh, same period as you know Hall and Eberle and those guys uh, taking turns. Uh, so. I mean, he was uh, way down in the hierarchy, obviously. So I think uh, if he had maybe gotten a shot on a team that wasn't so deep on, on young talent, you never know. He was one of those guys that kind of – he didn't get a chance to play top six minutes. 
So for him to be playing on the fourth line, there was no real point. No. He's not a grinder. No. He's a small guy. He had skills with the puck, but like you said, they had a lot of depth on the wing, especially at left wing at mm-hmm. the time, and he just didn't really get a chance. Um, Shootout goals aside. Well, I'll never forget, like I was sitting basically in the last row of Rexall. Yeah, of Rexall. When he, I think it was against Tampa. Yeah, the first game. I think, but I was so high up. (laughs) We got to get added to this. Like it was just so majestic how he comes and does that like little spinorama to pick up the puck, and then that like fake kind of slap shot kind of deal that he did to to score that goal. And I'm like, like this this kid's got talent. So yeah, obviously we probably would say the Oilers mismanaged an asset. We don't do that very often, do we? No, no. Shout out Neil Who would he? Who would he like? beaten i mean like yeah, they had hole and, and a lot of other talented kids so i, I hate know. to bring this up uve but i don't know if you've looked at our record the past 11 years <laughs> it's what we would say spotty in north america yeah, and if you're laying claim to being the worst team forever but you're also so stocked with talent that linus omar can't get a fair shot you're fucking everything up that's what's <laughs> happening we're fucked good point yeah, so what other plays do we have? Like uh, uh, Robert Nielsen, you probably remember. Yes. Um, Kent Nielsen's son. He, um, he's playing in Switzerland, um, having a pretty decent run there, I guess. He never really made it in the NHL either. Uh, I think he came he was over part of the Ryan, Ryan Smith yeah. trade, so he's always going to be uh, maligned by that, I guess. Well, I don't think there was really a lot of, like, hate for Nielsen when he got here. No. Well, His dad was a good player. Yeah, well, in that, like... For that one season, that line of Cogliano, Gagne, and Nielsen were just that's the killer. right. That's they right. Unbe- like they almost single-handedly got us back into like we almost made the playoffs. We had a stretch. Like, it was like twelve and three. Oh, I can still remember how excited it was. We were. So amazing, largely so Nielsen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like I always, it's it's like the Ryan O'Mara of that trade, like and like yeah. the Alex Plant that like yeah. sours me yeah. on the trade. I always have. <laughs> I always have good vibes towards. Well, Alex Blount was our fault. We could have drafted That's anybody true. we wanted with that first round draft pick. <laughs> we decided true. to pick hot garbage as we always do. Yeah. Uh, another former uh, Oiler who still has a lot of love, I think, in Edmonton's Magnus Piarvi. Mm-hmm. We actually had him on the show. Oh, he got did. up at wow. three in the morning, Swedish time, and talked on the show. And we said, "Remember when you got that hat trick in the preseason?" And I was still new to the game and blurted out what I actually thought in those days. And I said, I thought you were going to be so good. And then like the words were out of my mouth and he was like, well, I thought I was going to be good too. Like, Oh no, Magnus. No, say it ain't so. No, but he was, he's been a good player and he's found a second act. Yeah. Well, uh, I actually met him in, uh, where is it? Uh, oh, just last month. He's in Ottawa now. Yeah, exactly. So I met him at a game in Philadelphia and just talked to him about trying to prolong his career in North America because like he's, he had a hard time, you know, fitting in with the Blues, and you can understand why they're pretty stacked uh, offensive uh, group yeah, there. There's a team that's hard to make, not the 2013 no, <laughs> exactly. Oilers. That's yeah, but he's he's getting a second shot now in Ottawa, and he's a free agent this summer, so we'll see. Uh, he might come back to Edmonton. Who knows? You never know. Yeah. So when a guy like that, like maybe we'll pick an Oscar Clefbaum or we'll pick somebody like that, when they go home in the off season. Are they left alone? Are they bothered when they go to their local Earl's, which is a restaurant here? I assume you have one in Sweden called Nurl's, and it's delicious. Are they left alone? Are they anonymous citizens? Are they heroes? How does this work? Like, if you're not like Henrik Lundqvist or uh, maybe William Nylander or someone, you know, really of high stature, I think you're okay. You're okay. Like, yeah. It, yeah. It's not, I mean, because these kids, they, they leave Sweden at such an early age these days. Like, they're not stars in Sweden when they leave like uh, you know the ones that um, you know if you look at the one players that are most popular in Sweden and uh, out of the NHL players it's usually the guys that stay a few extra years and you know make make something happen maybe win a championship with with your team in in, in your hometown like Jacob Silver 
Silverberg is a fine example. Like he's not a star by any means with Anaheim Ducks, but in Sweden he's highly regarded because he was a captain when he won the championship with the Brynäs, so the the Swedish team he played with at oh, the time. Oh, so before he came to North yeah. America, he'd won a championship. Yeah, so he stayed like yeah. a few extra years. I think he was 21 or 22 before he left Sweden. Uh, some other guys go when they're 18, and people basically don't know who they are. But if you stay and play an extra season, do something spectacular in the SHL or maybe with the national team, you're, you're much more prone to be remembered by people. It's interesting. Now, you probably can't talk about this because it's a national secret in Sweden, but I assume the Red Wings are at every junior hockey game giving out $100 bills to kids early <laughs> on, just getting them hooked on the idea of coming to Detroit. Why is Detroit so, like, is, are there Swedish scouts just smarter than everybody? Is the word out in Sweden that Detroit's a place you want to play? Why do you guys? Why do they have a pipeline to Swedes? Uh, they used to have like, it's not like that anymore. But you know, they had a, a period of time there. I think they had like, I don't know, seven players on the, on the roster, and I don't know five when they won the, their last Stanley Cup. So obviously, uh, if you have like a guy like Nick Lidstrom on your team, you're probably going to be a favorite team of Sweden. Uh, but these days, like the New York Rangers are probably more popular right now because of Lundqvist, and and I think the Nashville Predators that. Do they have like five or six Swedes on the roster right now? It's it's always like that. So it's not a, like a, a thing. Uh, Is it just sort of catch fire where yeah. like the word gets out that now Nashville's the hot squad? Or exactly. Whatever? And yeah. I mean, Red Wings are about as hot as the Oilers this season. So yeah. Hey, whoa, 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 <laughs> whoa. That, that one hurt right to the pills. But yes, you're correct. Fun fact about Henrik Lundqvist. Uh, well, maybe everyone knows that. He's got a twin brother who plays in the SHL in sweden what and when i was there i was watching there was a head and shoulders ad with two lundquists and i'm like "Ooh, these guys are the hockey gods now is it like tito and michael jackson no the other one was well regarded because he was the captain of the the world championship yeah yeah yeah. they they played together finally uh, at the world championships uh this uh, he's not a goalie no he's a no he's a center so he would have been wiring shots at henrik his entire childhood and that's why henrik maybe got so good yeah, I guess they're probably... That's, they that's what, if I was him, that's what I'd be telling What's everyone. What's his name? Benrick? No. What oh. is it? Joel? Joel. Joel. Uh, I think it's great when twins have rhyming names. Just If you're going to have twins, you're going to dress them alike, give them rhyming names. Just for the, <laughs> Kendrick the full, and Hendrick? Exactly. Kendrick. <laughs> Kendrick. That's exactly it. Yeah. Kendrick Lankwist. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds awesome. But oh. he's also like well-revered in yeah, yeah. Sweden as well, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. I mean, he's, he's getting old now, but he was the the captain of the Olympic team as well that played in, in uh, Oh, really? Pyeong Pyeong oh, wow. Yeah. That's phenomenal. So tell us about hopefully soon-to-be Edmonton Oiler Rasmus Dahlin. Yes, oh. amazing player. I'm obsessed with this He's going to look kid. great on our blue He's line. He's not that little. <laughs> no. So Rasmus Dahlin is by far the, the biggest talent, I'd say, to come out of Sweden since Peter Forsberg. Yeah, that is and high he's, he's not even 17 yet, but he does things on the ice that I have never seen a defenseman at that age do. So uh, I know it's creating a hype right now, and it's probably unfair to the kid to you know, you know, you know, just pile it up on him. But I just feel like he's such a unique player that anyone who's going to get him is going to be so lucky. What is it about him that makes him special? Well, there's so much, but I'd say like his hockey sense is off the charts, and like the way he deeks opponents, I, I don't think I've seen a defenseman do that. He is almost like a time. forward. Yeah, yeah, like, like but it's still, he, I think he's gonna be pretty fine defensively because he's he's well aware of where everyone is on the ice, and he can play physical. And it, like a lot of people want to like pinpoint him as the next Eric Carlson, but I'd say he's got actually more 
to his game than Eric Carlson does, which is he would be like a like Cronwall yeah. meets Carlson, right? Because Cronwall is more physical. Yeah, I think it was Ray Ferraro on TSN said like he has like the the brains of Lidstrom, the the offensive uh, you know talents of of Carlson, and like this physical game of headman or something. Might as well strap rockets to his skates as well. Lasers (laughs) to his head. Exactly. We haven't believed a word Ray Ferraro has said (laughs) in Edmonton in 10, 15 years. He's a liar. A damn dirty liar. Like I've watched watched a few YouTube videos, uh, compilation videos of of Darlene. It's Darlene, right? Yeah. Uh, And uh, yeah, like he's breaking guys' ankles and in terms of just like with his deeks and he is like a freight train running guys over. Like he is, he's the real deal, and he's just a kid. Yeah, that's the he's on the Olympic team. Yeah, and they didn't use him enough, right? Would, would we agree with that? Were we upset uh, with that, Ofe? Yeah, kind of. I wanted to see more, obviously, but I'm biased in that sense that I thought like the it was a pretty shitty tournament, and you know, like watching the younger players was basically what I what what, what I wanted to do. So it was a disappointment he didn't get to play more minutes. Absolutely. Is that one of those things where he was a young guy and he has to kind of like make his bones earn his ice yeah. time? Is it something like that? I would I would assume something like that. I, I, I didn't follow the Olympics because uh, I was in North America at the time, but um, I, I would assume so, yeah. I just think that's so rude. Like when you have a generational talent, what you have to do is the Edmonton Oilers way, where you triple down on them, you give them no support, and then three years later when they're not working out, you flip them, then they dominate somewhere else, and then you blame your cold climate. Yeah. That's how we develop players. I, here I even saw like some guy piling up on Connor McDavid on, on YouTube or something. Oh. Like uh, there was there was like the, this big thing in the in the dressing room today where he was asked questions about someone who is you know, kind of so some idiot, yeah, some, some moron, yeah. and we're calling for their heads on Twitter right now. So we'll figure out who it is. Just chirped him when he was leaving a restaurant. Yeah. He's not an Edmonton with fan. Yeah, with his parents, Mr. Yeah. and Mrs. McDavid. And we actually embarrassed ourselves because we started calling McDavid McJesus here. And then it was brought to our attention that Mrs. McDavid didn't find that religiously appropriate and, like, took it exception with that. So we're already, like, super freaked out. We've pissed the McDavid parents off, like, to their core. So I can't imagine going to Cactus Club or wherever the hell they were and getting watching their kid get lipped off. But, you know. Especially you wonder, like, Especially this season, what would the Edmonton Oilers be without? McVay? Oh, we saw it. That looked like the Oilers from 2012 to 2016. <laughs> <laughs> what happens sure is be on our yeah, team we bring sure. in guys like Linus Omar and give them too much pressure, and then they go home. Right? When you live in a city like Edmonton, where you know it's all we have, it's a double-edged sword. Yeah. Right? Like 99.9 repeating percent of Oilers fans don't have any problem with Conor McDavid because they have a working brain. Right. Yeah. But there's just the casual asshole. Like, there really isn't any city, right? And then, yeah. But the problem is, it's a tinderbox at all times here, right? Because they're playing so poorly that if anything happens at all, sites like Oilers Nation are sure to fan the flames. And next thing you know, it's a crisis, right? Yeah. Magnetic. Yeah, it's embarrassing that uh, it's got to reach the dressing room and become a topic of a conversation um, with, with Connor. Like, you know, having the media have to ask him, like, like, who gives a fuck? Two idiots or three idiots or whatever. One gaggling you know video guy it just they're saying the dumbest shit like thinking they're funny and now they're probably getting roasted on social media right now Good. that that was probably the most offensive part to me is how <laughs> hilarious they thought their really bad jokes were oh. yeah if you're gonna be an asshole at least be funny this is why technology is so good. Because people are getting chirped. I remember one time seeing Marty McSorley, Ufe, 
the Marty McSorley. Uh, of Con Air fame. This is what I said to him. He was walking Bad by voice. me in a bar, and I said, great job on Con Air, sir, which I thought was like a nice thing to say. And he turned his broad shoulders away from me and just sort of threw his hair and walked off, right? That was my encounter with celebrity. But now we live in a world where if you are being an asshole to Connor McDavid, the technology is going to hold you accountable, which I think is great, right? That's good. People shouldn't be allowed to just act however they please and ask Marty McSorley how Con Air was with John Malkovich. It's none of my business as a 19-year-old. Like, how did they think that was going to go? They thought that we were just all going to take, like, buy into the joke and just laugh with them? Yeah. My favorite, though, was Connor's answer. Did you see his response? No. He got, like Ufe said, he got asked about it. What did you think about this video? And his give-a-fuck meter was at an all-time low. Attaboy. Could not have cared less. <laughs> That's right. He just laughed my and captain. said... Oh, my ca- oh, Captain, my Captain. He just kind of said, you know what? I'm not even going to bother talking about it. It's ridiculous. Who did talk about it, though, is Todd McClellan, who said, listen, if you're chirping Connor McDavid, you need to look in the mirror. This kid spends multiple times per week at a hospital talking to kids, making days, making lives. You guys aren't doing shit. Yeah, and the thing also was I think he, like right before that, he had been like to the fire station and doing like promotional work with the firefighters and you know goodwill stuff like that so it makes it even more embarrassing would it be funny if the guy who took the video was like oh actually i'm the director of the stollery and i do far more in the community than anybody else like huh oh shit well then all right you should just stop making fun of connor mcdavid then well done what is the impressions of connor overseas right this is like the reason why that we joke but this is no longer the decade of darkness in edmonton because we've been blessed by the lottery gods for the 11th consecutive year and we have connor mcdavid and everything is going to sort itself out what are what is the word on the street overseas so I, I think there's like the great debate maybe as it has been here especially since after last season who is better like if if connor mcdavid has, has passed you know uh Sidney Crosby on on the list of you know the greatest player in the game right now and I don't know this season obviously Connor is probably having a better season better than last year yeah yeah. last year but since the team is not winning you know that's not gonna that's gonna go kind of unnoticed I guess so we'll see but um, to me he's well on his way to be become like the best player in the world no doubt we're all smiling here. You can't see it because it's a podcast. If it was video, we wouldn't do it. But that's a professional opinion, that right there. Professional everyone. opinion. Yeah, this is a guy who knows stuff. Knows stuff. This stuff. Yeah, he invented elite. He's prospects. not even from Edmonton. This nope. is unbiased professional yeah. opinion. Exactly. Speaking about professional opinion, this guy Ufe's got access to everyone. He's a legit media guy. Legit. You were walking around to Rogers' place with a lanyard on. Everyone was giving you respect. Yeah. Yeah. Unbelievable. Didn't get arrested once. Like no. just free access all over the place. So I think some, uh, well, maybe I just want to know because you've got a connection to him because obviously Swedish players and you guys would have a really strong connection is maybe tell us more about Pontus Aberg. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So our new Mark Latestu. Yeah. So the funny thing is that, that uh, Pontus uh, was, a, he grew up kind of in your favorite Swedish team, your garden. That's why I love him. He, that's yeah. why I'm going to get a Pontus Aberg tat, uh, tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> No, so obviously he comes from Nashville where he, he had a great Stanley Cup final against the Penguins, actually. When they had a bunch of injuries, he, he really took the chance and played really, really good hockey. He scored a highlight reel goal. I think Beautiful the, goal. Yeah, second game of the finals, I believe. Yeah. And uh, so, but this season, like when, you know, Nashville, they're poised to to go to the obviously Stanley Cup finals again. They have a, a stacked team, so his role was diminishing. But I, I feel like the way he scored in, in the AHL last year and, and, you know, just based on what I've seen from him, I, I think he's got a you know fair shot to make a, make something out of this opportunity in Edmonton because 
he's a fast skater he's got a great shot um i think uh, the down the downside might be he's a bit small but also that uh, he tends to be kind of harsh on himself um i feel like uh, he's a player if he gets if he gets his confidence in order he he can really be a you know sneaky streaky scorer for the Oilers maybe a second line guy so i think that this i think he if he just embraces this opportunity he could be a, become a really good player for you guys and what all well, and that's so relieving to hear and i like i said professional opinion so we obviously take a lot of stock in it what um so you've been you you've interviewed him since you've been here on, on yeah. this visit what has he said about the trade or being in edmonton well obviously uh, as anyone who gets traded it's a chalk although he 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 was kind of suspecting it because like he, his minutes have been pretty low with the Predators and obviously they brought back Mike Fisher and brought in Ryan Hartman so before the deadline so uh, he kind of had a, a feeling it would happen and he's really happy to be in Edmonton because I, I think he's smart enough to see like uh, like the centers you have here like he's either gonna play with Nuge or he's gonna play with McDavid so like who wouldn't like that opportunity right so yes. yeah was it did he kind of feel like in a way we talked about Linus Omark maybe not getting a chance in Edmonton was it the same kind of story for him in Nashville where he would play well like you said he would score the highlight real goal yeah. last year in the playoffs but maybe he just didn't get the chance he maybe deserved I, I that's hard to say like I met him in in uh, in Toronto a few weeks ago and he said when he when he still was a part of the Nashville team and he said like that he felt he had you know, he felt like he, he got the chances. And, and at that point, he was actually playing on the top line with Arvidsson and Johansson because Philip Forsberg was suspended. So uh, he was kind of hard on himself. He didn't feel like he had, like, taken advantage of the yeah the opportunities given to him in, in Nashville. So um, this is like a second chance for him to, to make amends. We surely hope he makes the most of it. We could use a little bit of depth and scoring. I'm really excited about him because he, he does bring that element of speed. Like I'm, I'm, I'm and now hearing that he's got a really good shot. Like this is we know we have guys that know how to pass this guy the puck. So if he can skate around and 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 and, and bury a few, like I think the prospect on on Ponces is is great. Yeah, and having been here and seen the two first games, I think he he's getting closer and closer. They play play Arizona tonight, and I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if he scored at all because it feels like he's getting close. Ooh. The Oilers versus Arizona. Two titans at the peak of their game, yeah. locked in battle, drawing an international crowd. Yeah, who wants to who want, who's who's got the tank on more? So there's a there's a serious part. I have two more points. We're running out of time. We're always running out of time. We're never running out of time. We can stop whenever we want. If we want to keep talking past 43 minutes, we'll do whatever we please. Number one, is there a chance a Swedish girl is going to listen to this podcast? That's my first question. A Swedish girl. Like, you're very popular. I assume some of your followers are ladies. I assume you're going to promote the fact you're on this podcast. What are the odds a Swedish girl is listening to us talking right now? Okay, so let's say it's 25%. Is that good enough for you? 25% wow. of Swedes are women? Yeah, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, okay. <laughs> okay, good. Just, yep, yep, keep going. Yeah, I, like I like this. I like this. Shout out to all the women of Sweden. Bless each and every one of your hearts. Now, we were having our meeting, in the, an impromptu meeting in the kitchen at Wanya Manor, and you said, I've come over here to write an article about what happened to the Oilers. And I begged you to lie and say nothing happened to the Oilers. There must be something wrong with the internet. Where in fact, we're doing just fine. Now that you've been here for a few days and you've had a chance to take a look around, I cringe to ask this, but I respect your opinion so much, I will. What the hell has happened to the Oilers, Ufe? 
So yeah, uh, it's hard for me to tell who's not here all the time, but I, I've tried to talk to as many people as I can, you know, reporters, players, whoever has an opinion. And well, there's a lot of opinions, that's for sure. This city is um, there's a lot of people that care about the Oilers and uh, have an interest in them, and it, I guess that's really good. But uh, I think what it comes back to is like they had that bad start, and uh, you can see that with pretty much any team in the league. If you have a, a bad first quarter of a season, it's almost impossible to to climb back into the race because uh, you're you have like an uphill all the time and i feel like talking to players that were like uh, we weren't ready to start the season i've spoken to both clefbaum and larson about this like clefbaum was very honest he said like i felt like some of the players in our dressing room they were probably thinking since everything went you know we had like the wind in our sails last season it would gone to be the same thing and also, like, a lot of people, you know, before the season, we're talking about the Oilers as a team that would have a chance to win the Stanley Cup. And, you know, it can make your head swell a bit, I guess. I have a hockey news at the house, which I can show you if you'd like to see it. And it's from September, and it's, I mention it every week. It says, Oilers to win the Cup? Question mark. Yep. And I thought, we did it. Yeah. We've done it. Let's keep this. Yeah, we'll so use it in the parade. So when I spoke to Adam Larson about that this morning, he was like, I don't know who came up with it this but uh, i think people's expectations were like too high because like we okay we went to the second round but it's not like something you you really should be proud of uh, what we were proud that was yeah, our stanley cup we <laughs> might not see it again exactly you, you haven't uh, been there in a very long time so i i respect that but um so i think uh, there's several parts of, of this obviously and maybe the some of the trades that have been made uh, the last few years haven't really been to your advantage. Uh, I mean, obviously, the Strom for Eberle deal looks pretty bad. Um, I don't <laughs> even want to mention Taylor Hall right now because uh, he's pretty much tearing it up being a, <laughs> a guy that's considered to be a Hart Trophy candidate. And, and yeah, Here's the thing we think about Taylor Hall, or maybe I think about Taylor Hall. You know when you have, like, a couple and one breaks up and one takes it, like, super bad, right? They're like, I'm going to get in the gym. I'm going to get my hair done. I'm going to get my nails done. I'm going to come out. I'm looking good. They need revenge to propel them forward. And, like, if I was to say something to Taylor Hall, which I never would because he's my mortal enemy, I would say, you're welcome, man. Like, you're welcome. It was actually revenge that took you to the next level of your game, trying to still stick it to your ex across the country. And if that's what it took for you to get fit, if that's what it took for you to become a good guy, like, not saying he was a bad guy, but just, like, a good guy who's who's heading in the right direction on a good team, you're welcome, man. Like, that's life. Yeah. Right? I still don't think that justifies, like, the trade I made. I mean, I, I love no, no, Adam, no, no, I love Adam I Larson. I didn't, have my, <laughs> I didn't <laughs> have my finger on the button. It wasn't me that did the deal. <laughs> no, exactly. But that that's the thing, obviously. But Hall is better now than he was as an oiler by, like, a damn sight. He was good as an oiler. He was great as an oiler, but he's better now. Yeah, but I think also think maybe – I'm not saying that they – the New York Devils are world beaters, but I feel like uh, he has, at least on that team, he has a few defensemen that can get him the puck in transition. I think that that was lacking in, in with when he played with the Oilers. Like, he had to do all the heavy lifting himself. But we've seen this so often here. This is why Oilers fans are crazy. I'll give you a little insight, a window into our mind, if you will. Like, we had Devin Dubnik, right, who came in here, and Craig McTavish made a very famous quote that if you have to ask the question about your starting goalie next year, you already know the answer. And then he leaves, and he goes to Minnesota, and he plays with an able defensive core, and he's a Vezina candidate. A Vezina candidate. My God in heaven. It's like having sand kicked in your face and your balls kicked with the other foot, right? And then, you know, Hall doing a similar thing, right? This has, like, been a long – this is a long-standing problem in Edmonton of, you know, because you get into the fishbowl, because you get into a really pressure-packed situation, 
we're mismanaging assets mm. left and right, right? Like, what are your thoughts on the Oilers organization? Like, looking at scouting, looking at trading, looking at... Well, um, obviously, you, you mentioned some draft picks uh, that hasn't panned out the way you hoped. I mean, I mean, everyone thought now Jakuba would be a great player. So you can't really... He was, he was the number one. And if you look at that draft, it's, it was pretty weak. I mean... Like you would have to go down to maybe Hampus Lindholm or Philip Forsberg. I don't know. Um, I mean, Galchenyuk, sure, but it's not like he's a star player either. So uh, I think everyone would agree that uh, whoever had picked the first, whoever had the first pick, would probably have taken Yakupov anyway. So uh, whether you know his uh, failure in the NHL is a part of like the Oilers or just him being not the player we expected I don't know but um, then if you go further back with Alex Plant and Magnus Payarvi and a few guys you had high expectations but obviously um, didn't meet the requirement but um, it's really tough to say but uh, you'd have to think that there has been some kind of lacking on the scouting department but um, you know uh, I think uh, they made a shrewd move uh, picking Yamamoto in the last year's draft and I mean, what was that? 22nd? 22nd, 22nd yeah. yeah. So, and I know they have a few other prospects that looked really good. So maybe things have turned. I think that picking first overall is probably one of the easiest things you can do. And to your point, the Oilers cannot pick outside of the first round whatsoever. Um, for the past 20 years, how many players outside of the first round have really performed for this team? And that's a massive problem. That's a good question. One thing I want to end off on as we're winding down our IP phone. Um, <laughs> in the World Juniors, there was a big thing about the silver medal and how it got uh, the one player took it off and threw it into the crowd. Yes, Anderson, yes. From our side, I looked at it as I loved it. I love that kid's attitude. Mm -hmm. He didn't want a prize for coming in second place. I'm just kind of curious from like a Swedish perspective, how did what did you guys think of that? Yeah, so uh, that was the great debate right, right afterwards <laughs> because like I think the hockey people um, understood where like his frustrations came from. He, he was the captain of the Swedish team, had lost the final at the under-18 level. Uh, he had been playing hurt the whole tournament uh, with a separated shoulder and really played his heart out. So... Um, I think like the one th those of us who had followed the tournament who, who knew this kid and, and you knew where he was coming from we didn't have a problem with it we, we knew like this was like uh, pure emotion and I, me for one I, I like seeing like players actually show some kind of emotion from time to time you know uh, but uh, there was a great debate and a lot of people who were not uh, into hockey had obviously had uh, other opinions on this and thought he was a disgrace and you know the that kind of things and uh, I think we saw the same thing at the Olympics there I think there were there was a female player on the Canadian team who yeah, what she, she threw a medal in the audience unbelievable what a bunch of idiots when that guy's 78 years old and he's reclining in a Swedish hospice and he's thinking about his life I guarantee you he's like man I wish I had that silver medal that motherfucker would sell for some money on future eBay right now I got it back so uh, oh did he no harm done yeah it almost looked faked like the f I think everything's faked now because I found out that the MTV Awards, the VMAs, are always faked and they always create controversy. It almost <laughs> felt like he was just throwing it to a guy he knew who's wearing eight different jerseys simultaneously yeah, was, in the was, crowd. Yeah. That, was that was super weird. random. Right? How did he get it back? The jersey man gave it back yeah, to him? Yeah, he actually did. So. Oh, man. You know how 
difficult to deal with I'd be if I caught an Olympic medal sitting in the stands. <laughs> like, oh, you want it back now, do you? Well, we're going to have to talk about some shit because it's mine. I got the silver medal, you ass. Well, thank you so much. Thank you for coming on the show. Thank you hey, for coming pleasure, to Edmonton. Guys. You know, you're welcome back anytime. We've proven the fact that we can have guests at the house and people don't die. There is a standing invitation to come back anytime you like. Now, one thing about Uve, uh, about Uve, like, yeah, pro- professional dude whose opinion we respect, but actually, like, I've had the opportunity now to hang out, probably spend two weeks of my life now with Uve, and Uve's a really solid dude. So we're real ha- really happy to always host him. So yeah, come thanks, back soon, man. man. I will. Tell Swedish girls about us. Doesn't matter if you're just in passing, if you're not even talking about anything, just bring <laughs> us up, just let them know we're there, and you know, let's plant some overseas seeds. You know, yeah, what I'm just saying? tell them Canada is coming. Yeah, there's the the Oilers are playing in Stockholm next year. Yeah, in we'll be with, we'll, we'll come see you. Yeah, yeah. yeah, we're, yeah, gonna, yeah, we'll yeah we're gonna we're gonna come see that. So, yeah, Ufe, lay some groundwork for Yeah, lay some groundwork. Yeah, yeah, perfect. I will. All right, good stuff. Well, that's been the real life for another week. Talk to you guys later. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.